Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, thank you for clicking or playing or tapping on the new episode of Oldie But A Goodie. Whatever you do to press play on this thing, really, thank you for doing that, because this is a very enjoyable episode. I was going to say fun episode again, but I think I've been saying that every single week for the past, like, two months, because they've all been fun. But this one, it's got a little bit of extra heart to it, got a little bit of extra family, if you, if you know what I mean. We're talking about the very first Fast and the Furious movie with our guest, Sydney comedian Mitch Garling. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod. If you've got a couple uh, spare dollars hanging around, you can sign up there. Get yourself the ad-free feed of the podcast right now. And also some bonus episodes coming out on Wednesday is the second entry into our Cage-O-Rama series, the Summer of Cage, Nicolas Cage's wild performances with one of his wildest performances ever. Everyone seems to agree one of his wildest performances is Vampire's Kiss. We are reviewing that on Wednesday. Make sure to check it out. Link in the episode description. And here it is, The Fast and the Furious. Enjoy. Imagine a year of street races where the winner is decided by whether or not they cheat. What, what, what year is that, Sandro? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. Welcome to the oldie and the goodie, uh, the podcast reviewing movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. Oh boy, is it blockbuster season. It's still blockbuster season. Mm. And we're talking about one of the biggest franchises under the sun uh, and where it all started. The Fast and the Furious came out this week in 2001. We're going to be talking about it. My name is Sandro. I'm joined as always by Zach. AKA oldie. Oh, yes, and I'm Fasty, <laughs> and joining us as our guest is Mitch Goody Garling. Hello, guys. Wow, what a nice, uh, what a nice compliment off the bat. Yeah. That feels that feels very uh, good in my heart. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, you're coming off a massive run at uh, the Sydney Comedy Festival, so we've got to give you a massive intro to kind of match that. I reckon. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Sydney Comedy Fest has been pretty big. With the had the tour as well been all around uh all around really it's been good but uh yeah busy busy but uh very enjoyable times Mm. very busy you've been very fast you've been a little furious (laughs) but we've managed to catch you here on this episode of the show Mm. so fast so furious i'm i'm very excited this is 
this is a big movie for me, so I'm very pumped. Yeah, what's your history with this franchise? Uh, where would you like to start? Uh, because I, 2001, I was 13. Oh yeah. So I, if we're talking, if we're talking prime time Fast and the Furious audience members, <laughs> it's a 13 year old boy, <laughs> yes. and I took a risk on it. Because I was like, oh, that's Paul Walker. That's the guy from Pleasantville. Like, that was my <laughs> that was my entire knowledge of, like, I was like, oh, that's Paul Walker. He was mm. he was the good looking rooster in that, that movie with Tobey Maguire. Uh, so I took a shot on it. And yeah, easily one of my favorite movies uh, ever, probably still. It's wow. still absolutely- Which one? Um, the one with the rooster or Fast and the Furious? Pleasant, Pleasantville, also very good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Fast and the Furious, probably, it's it's just such a, even as I've gotten older, it's just such a guilty pleasure film mm. um, that has, yeah, still, still stands the test of time for many different ways, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Yes, so you really came into this franchise from the ground level. You were there from the beginning. And have you followed it all the way through? What's your thoughts on, like, how it's gone mm. uh, to the point where, where we are, you know, the events of Fast 9? We all know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about this franchise now? Yeah, look, as a as a 13-year-old boy who is experiencing, you know, his first taste of street racing, did I think that 20-something years later that we would be in space? Absolutely not. I didn't. <laughs> Wait, we go to space? Yeah, they go to space. What? Yeah, they go to space. They go to space. And I mean, I know they're practically superhero films now, but... um. Yeah, yeah. And, th- like, that's the... Yeah, I'm... Look, the more I've realised as the Fast and the Furious movies have gone on, mm. and, like, I can, I can break this down for you so much, but I think more I've realised is that I'm actually just a Paul Walker fan yeah. more so than a Fast and the Furious fan. That's fair. Like, I saw... I, 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 like, I saw Tokyo Drift, but I was like, eh, I'm not, like, super into it. Like, whatever, I'll see it. And when they relaunched it with number four, I was like... It's my boy. It's my guy. <laughs> He's um, back. Here we go. I'm back. Here he is. He's back. And then since the movie that he was in, uh, like that they finished after he passed, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. I think there's some fun stuff in Fast 8, but it, yeah, it really isn't the same without him. No, th- and there is. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's still, it's still one of those movies, like, they're like eight and nine, and I assume- 10, 11, 12, whatever, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they will come, but they're still enjoyable. It just doesn't have that, uh, oh, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it doesn't, it feels like the family is missing someone. Ooh. And they are. And family means everything. Spe- speaking of, where where was Dwayne Johnson in this movie? Oh. Where was Jason Statham? <laughs> oh, are they no. the main characters of the series? Well, how, well, first of all, how dare you? Here we go. We get to Zach. You haven't seen any Fast and Furious movie until right now, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a baby boy, ne- fre- fresh into the world of the Fast and the Furious. I've never have I ever seen a Fast and the Furious film up till this one. What, what did you think of this? I'm very interested to, to know what you thought of this. I, I thought it was... I thought it was Pretty good. Yes. Pretty fun. 
this is a good film. Your voice went so high, Zach. <laughs> Your voice went so high. Yeah, yeah, I think Zach's lying. I'm not sure if he actually liked this movie at all. He went very uh, high. Like- there, there must be a reason why they made nine or ten. How many movies are there? There's uh, nine at the moment. Ten, I think, is it? With Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where was Hobbs and Shaw? Well, look, it's all it's all part of that. Like, Zach, I'm happy to, I'm happy to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, Vin Diesel has come out and said that the Fast and the Furious movies are trilogies and each of them has their own over overall sort of vibe so yes one two and four are street racing movies five six and seven are heist movies they're great eight nine and ten are spy movies ah i see what happened to three three doesn't count uh so three three doesn't count three doesn't count at all oh sorry 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 they, I mean, they have somehow tried to tie it back in with Jason Statham. And then in the last one, they've brought back characters that are dead. Mm. Like, I don't want to ruin that for you, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, don't spoil the fact that people come back. That would be bad. Although one thing I noticed in this movie was, like, some characters die in this movie and we never see them again. This is the only Fast and Furious movie, really, where main characters can die and not come back. It's crazy. Well, that's it. Jesse gets killed at the end yeah. when Johnny Tran comes and shoots him. Whoa, spoiler. You saw it. Shut up, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> it was I got so I got so offended just then. I was like <laughs> <laughs> You did. It was great. Honestly, I'm here for it. Ah, it was great. <laughs> Jesse gets killed at the end of the first one. He gets killed by Johnny Tran and then we just have another eight movies where they talk about how family is everything, yet they don't reference their dead friend once. <laughs> they never reference him. Savage. They also have another guy in their group called Leon. Yep. Who we just never see again for eight or nine movies. Although he's in Black Hawk Down, so maybe he went off to war and uh, then so never came back. Maybe. <laughs> Is it, are you trying to are you trying to say that Black Hawk Down and Fast and Furious are in the same world? Yes. <laughs> They're in the same. I don't know if the timelines add up, but you know. <laughs> Did you see the meme that was like, if Fast and the Furious, this was like seven or eight years ago. It was like, mm. if Fast and the Furious make it to 10 movies and don't call the 10th one Fast 10 your seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the other names are so stupid. I had no idea. I had no clue that, like, the far Too Fast, Too Furious was the actual name of the movie. Yeah, yeah. that's the name yeah. of the I sequel. I had no idea. I thought that was a meme. I thought <laughs> people thought were joking. But, uh, yeah, because that's <laughs> such a stupid name. But all of them are, are stupid. They're all dumb. But Fast 10 is called Fast X, not Fast 10. What's going on there? Yeah. Well, 8 is Fate of the Furious, which is genius. I mean, that makes sense. And too, too Fast, Too Furious is also great. If, it makes sense, though. I mean, if anyone uh, is if anyone is going to know Roman numerals, I would mm. think that it would be Vin Diesel's character, Dominic Toretto. Yes. Um, yeah. I feel like normally he would probably just get them tattooed on him um, to remind him of, like, what year he was born and stuff. But <laughs> uh, apart from that, I think that Fast X, look, I vibe it. I'm actually into it. Yeah, okay. Um, Fast 10, your seatbelt, obviously, like, a big miss. My biggest one has always been, like, my biggest uh, gripe has always been the first one is the Fast and the Furious. Yes. And the fourth one, fourth one is just 
fast and furious. It's like, mm. okay, so you've just taken out the to the and we're all just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, different movie. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. That naming system has no logic and no reason. It just bounces all. You got the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious. Great sequel name. Yeah, it's good. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Yep. Okay, sure. It's technically a spinoff. So I got, it's a know. spinoff. Yep, yep, yep. Fast and Furious. Zach is doing a big old read down Wikipedia, <laughs> I think. Yeah, oh, I'm reading the Wikipedia right now. I've never seen these movies. All of them are Fast and the Furious movies to me. Here's where it gets crazy, though, Zach, is because, fa- like, Fast Five. Fast Five, Furious Six, F- Furious Seven. I think it's Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, and then Furious Seven. Oh, my God. That, that was a, It depended where you were as well, I believe, because I think, yeah. I think uh, Six was just called Fast Six in Australia from oh, memory. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Wow. And then it was just Furious Seven. Yeah. Well, because- um. On Netflix, when Fast Nine, or sorry, when F Nine came out, <laughs> yeah. I rewatched um, the Fate of the Furious, and I s- searched it up on Netflix. It wasn't there. Turns out, in Australia, that film's called Fast and Furious Eight. Oh really? my god. It's the only good name. They have like three, four movies where they have stupid names. And then you've got The Fate of the Furious, which is a great pun name. It's a pretty yeah. good name. Yeah, I like it. And then, and then, yeah, F9, which sounds like a sci-fi movie. And then Fast X, which also might be a sci-fi movie. <laughs> this one actually might be a sci-fi movie by the sound of it. That just reminds me of like Jason X or whatever. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jason space movie or whatever that yeah. was. But um, <laughs> Dominic Cur- <laughs> Toretto gets put in stasis and sent up to a spaceship. <laughs> would love. Would love. Instead of killing people, he enlists them into his family. <laughs> <laughs> growing f- Yeah, family's not just on Earth kind of thing <laughs> yes. there's no rhythm to it like the naming I mean yeah no it's all over the place it's all over the place it's all over the place and then you can't go like even okay look Fast and Furious I, I get it you're coming back you're relaunching the series you're trying to capitalize on like getting the fans back in sure Fast Five alliteration great awesome but then to go Fast Six it's just like okay you haven't even tried. And then just swap it. and then But then to swap it to the other word and be like, Furious 7. Yeah. Well, because I think maybe there were seven characters in that one. Maybe they could have done something clever yeah, with that. Yeah, that, that one sounds like a cowboy movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I see. Then I would have called it The Furious 7. The Furious. Yeah. Seven. Like as though The Magnificent 7. We will get into uh, some more details about the 2001 film in a second, though. But first, Mitch, I've got to ask you, what's your favourite one in this franchise? Ooh. Uh, number one. Number it is the one. first one. Yeah. It is number one. You know, it's going off nostalgia and nostalgia alone. Yep. It's going off Paul Walker's uh, sun-tamed hair. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, yeah. Beautiful. It's, it's going off so many things. It's going off um, the relationship between Johnny Tran and his dad. Like, it's going off mm. so many things. It's also going off soundtrack, if I'm being honest. Like, Fast and Furious have all had quite good sound- soundtracks. Like, this one, yeah, is very good. It's good. In my opinion. Yeah, because we did, um, we covered uh, Tomb Raider last week, and that's got a pretty much exclusively drum and bass soundtrack. And then going yeah. from that to this, <laughs> which also has kind of a drum and bass rap slash reggae soundtrack like some dance mm. hall at points it's a great soundtrack i love this one i i i did note down when they i think they go to the the like car race or whatever 
Mm-hmm. They, they go to, like, the lineup, whatever, and it's, like, too fast, too furious. You know, I was like, hey, this is a, this is sick. Oh. This is great. <laughs> I can literally tell. It's, like, the beat. It's, like, like, it's, I know the beat, guys. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. how much I love. The one that gets me is when they have the fight outside the tuna, sh- uh, outside Toretto's <laughs> shop, like, about tuna yes, sandwiches. Yes, yes. And I was, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> as he, as they, as the like first punch is thrown, like the song that's playing on the radio in the car then goes to full blast. And as the punch is thrown, the lyric is like, watch your back. It's like, watch your back. And I'm like, mm. oh, oh shit. That's pretty good. That's, oh man, makes me very happy. Real good stuff. <laughs> All right, Zach, that was a long intro, long first impressions. Um, but Zach, what else came out this week in 2001 that I could have picked? And then we'll get into some fun facts. I- I've got some fun alternate casting for you, which I think you're going to like. But Zach, what else came out this week in 2001? Uh, so we had Dr. Doolittle 2. Eddie Murphy is back uh, and he's talking to animals and he's but this time he's protecting them from forest developers. Yeah, I don't remember that sequel being good. I have seen it. I don't remember liking it. Norm MacDonald was the dog, right? Oh, maybe. Norm MacDonald. We had The Princess and the Warrior. Sounds cool, but it's actually just about a nurse at a psych hospital that almost dies. And then she starts a relationship with a veteran who is now a criminal. Mm, not a fantasy movie. No. <laughs> Very disappointing. But sounds rather exciting. Yeah. Anyone good in it? Uh, no, it's a German movie, so I don't recognise any of these names. Oh, fair enough. But instead, we did the ultimate German movie, The Fast and... What does that mean? Uh, we did Fast and Furious. Well, all the all the cars there, right? Well, true, right. yeah. <laughs> This was released June 22nd in 2001. Now, you might be mistaken uh, as to think that this is a uh, remake of the classic film from 1954, also called The Fast and the Furious. But no, this isn't a remake of that movie. Oh. However, Universal Pictures does own the rights to that movie so that they could call this movie that movie. Wow. So they went through the channels that you usually go through to make a remake, you you know, getting the rights for for the name, licensing out the quote-unquote franchise, Uh, but they, they didn't make a remake. They instead just made a new movie. Originally, though, this film was going to be called Red Line. Yeah, look, it's not as good no. at all. Look, I think I think The Fast and the Furious was definitely a great name to choose, and it's worked out, not, I mean, nine movies later, right? So yeah. clearly they made the right choice. Red Line might have worked in nine movies when they called it Red Nine. That would have been Red, really good. <laughs> Red Nine, that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> they still should have called it that, and everybody would have got really confused. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, guys, we were going to call the first one Redline, so that's what a ref- the reference is there. And they'll be like, oh, that's, un- that's really confusing, but sure. This movie was originally written by Gary Scott Thompson, who also wrote the sequel uh, and Time Cop 2, which we won't talk about. Um, but he wrote those. They punched up the script, though. David Ayer came in and punched up the script, best known for writing Training Day, but he's also the director of our favourite movie, Suicide Squad 2016. Oh. Yay. Not the Suicide Squad. No, not the good one. <laughs> the bad one. Just just double checking. 
He also wrote that Will Smith movie. Oh no, he didn't write. He directed the Will Smith movie Bright, which I also dislike strongly. So that sequel just got um, canned, didn't it? Because of Will Smith. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, I quite liked Bright. Okay, but no one else did. I'm the only person who enjoyed that film. So <laughs> mostly because I'm just a big fantasy Lord of the Rings nerd, and I was oh, like, "Hey, this is cool. Modern times. I dig it." And then no one else liked it. And I was like, "Oh, I'm just wrong." The movie is directed by Rob Cohen, who also directed Vin Diesel's Triple X. Other films he's done include The Mummy 3. Oh. oh. Also, he's the pizza delivery guy in the movie, too. He is, yes. Oh. When they're like, take another take another ride home, pizza boy, or whatever they say. I forget. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. And he's like, stupid street racers. <laughs> yeah. Damn kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. The alternate casting for this movie is really interesting, though. Uh, so Paul Walker was brought in because the producer had worked with him previously, I think, and also the director. But originally, the role was offered to none other then Mum Spaghetti himself, Eminem. Whoa. Wow. I was not expecting that. Wow. But he turned it down to go and make 8 Mile, which is fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Eminem as Brian O'Connor. I think if that happened, either Eminem's music would probably have fallen off or this franchise wouldn't have made it past this film if it was Eminem. No. Because one uh, of the two would have to drop, right? Yeah. I think the... The reason why the rappers work in Fast and the Furious, like you've got like a ludicrous Tyrese, yeah, um, Ja Rule, things like that, is because they're like periphery characters. They're not the main yeah. people. I think if they were the main, like people, like people can't distance like themselves because even like you're watching Eight Mile. Like I know it's a movie about Eminem, but the whole time you're watching it, you're still like, that's Eminem, that's Eminem. Like your brain is just doing that to you. So no, I don't think it would have been. No. Like, I would have watched it, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think it would have been a very good casting. It would have been interesting, yeah. Um, also, Mark Warburg and Christian Bale were also considered for for, oh, uh, for his role, wow. uh, which both pretty decent choices. For Dom Toretto, though, uh, originally, the producers had Timothy Oliphant in mind. I like that. That would have been interesting. Him as Dom, like, he, like, it would have been a different character if he was Dom. Yeah, very, uh, yeah, very different. Look, Timothy Oliphant is very good, like, mm. and he, he also has that, like, he just plays so many different styles of things so well. So, I think playing someone like Toretto, like a street, like a street racer that's supposed to be, like, hard. Yeah. It would have been quite interesting to see. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think he might have been a bit more sinister at first, perhaps. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially, like, with the the scenes where, uh, like, the scenes when What's-His-Face first, like, rocks up at the races and stuff. Um, or, like, when there's the first fight, you first see Toretto. That would have been quite good. Vin Diesel is more macho, though, I feel. He's got that macho energy. Don't mess with me. I've lost all my hair. I have nothing to lose. <laughs> and again, I can't see this franchise continuing the way it has with Oliphant in the main role. Like, he's great, but Vin Diesel just won't let this horse die. And I don't think... I don't think Timothy would have the same dedication to a franchise. No. And I... Yeah, I just think that, without sounding rude, but I feel like Timothy would just have a bit more integrity to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Well, what are you saying? Are you saying our Lord and Savior Vin Diesel is a bit of a bit of a character, eh? Look, I was, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I, w- I was going to say that Timothy doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would just keep things going, but then I remembered he pretty sure he did play the bad guy in Die Hard Four. So maybe, <laughs> yeah, you never know. Maybe, maybe he's got some qualities about him. But yes, we ended up with a cast that we got: Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, the ultimate duo. We've also got Michelle Rodriguez in this uh, as Letty. Uh, she sticks around for a while. She's great, and Jordania Brewster as Mia Toretto. Uh, came back recently. She's in... Is she in four? Yeah, she comes back in four and, like, she's in... She's in all of them except for eight, I think. Uh, this movie cost $38 million, which is not an awful lot, actually. I mean, there's a lot of CGI cars and stuff in this movie, but it's it, it's relatively cheap, especially compared to, I think it was Driven, the, the, the other racing movie that we did. That was, like... 90 million or something yeah and this looks better than that (laughs) so yeah uh what do you think it made in the uh american box office though i'm gonna uh go over to mitch what do you think this made in the box office (sighs) american box office it made 110 mil 110 110 million all right all right how about you zach uh what how much did it cost again 38 well i think this did really well because they made nine other movies afterwards (laughs) And it also, it feels like an American movie, mm. you know? They're rebelling against the authority. They're all about freedom. They're all about family. Uh, I'm going to say it made like 300 mil. I'm going to guess 300, all right, in America. Big, big money. I think Mitch gets this one. It made $144 million. Oh, Ooh. surprisingly not an awful amount yeah. considering again that like fast five six and seven would become like almost earning like a billion each mm. yeah it's crazy that uh that it started off only earning that much in america uh, i would love to know how much that does the box office include like dvd sales as well i don't think it does no because i feel like that could have been one of those movies that had like such a huge life on dvd like on home media i think it did because yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in, yeah, in saying that, hundred was one hundred and forty-four. Still not a bad, not a bad, re- bad return. Yeah, I'm having a look here. It said that it shipped five point five million units within the first year for DVDs, which is quite a lot of money. And also, they released two soundtracks for the movie. Both of them charted. I'm pretty sure. So they were also huge successes. That's crazy for a, especially for a sound. Mind you, that was the peak. Like it had like Ja Rule and mm. things like that on it. So it's like that was two thousand one, two thousand two ish. It's like that's peak for what people want. Hi, I'm Kyle. I'm Steven. I'm Taylor. And I'm Dakota. And together, we're Tall Dwarf Tavern, a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast. Our current season is set in the world of Zendikar from Magic the Gathering, so you can get two nerd properties for the price of one. Even though you asked for neither. So come along and enjoy a tale of epic adventure dominated by poor humor, crude language, and even worse listening skills in the wonderful land of Zendikar. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. All right, let's get into the plot of this film. The movie starts off with stealing DVD players. Mmm, the most valuable of objects. Yeah, it's kind of uh, the center of this movie is Paul Walker's trying to find out who is stealing these DVD players. And we see the opening heist. And the action in this movie is, it's, it's actually really good. I love these DVD heists, like harpooning through the window, driving underneath the truck that's got the DVD players. It's good fun. That was cool. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of, uh, a couple of really cool shots in that first one, uh, in that first sort of sequence as well. 
like when they're driving through the construction and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. Also, I would like to point out that I'm pretty sure it's actually DVD slash VHS combos. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Mm. Um, Whoa, those are way more valuable. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you do understand, like, why they're putting, they're putting in that kind of uh, uh, manpower. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I do feel like the idea of paying for four matching cars um, probably outweighs the cost of selling a couple of DVD players, but- Oh, well, they all work at garages. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. They've all got- I mean, even potentially even just buying a, harp- a harpoon gun. Like the harpoon gun's quite expensive. Uh that was that was from from Granddad's old stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. they, they, yeah. That was a hand me down, you know. Got heaps of excuses as to like we don't have it. We're not outlaying any money. Like we didn't even buy these balaclavas. They <laughs> they got donated. No, uh, it was just cold last year. We we had you know we bought them. You know. Yeah, we just had four beanies. These are actually just four beanies with eye holes yeah, cut in them. Yeah, we just cut a hole in them. We repurposed. Plus, they do the highest multiple times right oh yeah it's not just a one not just a one and done i mean that's why they brought paul in yeah they brought paul in because he's they've just been there's just been so many heists yeah they're mm. constantly heisting he'd probably stop moving stuff by truck i would i think that would be one of my my first thoughts i'd be like guys we keep getting heisted we should take a different route or have them be able to like speed dial the cops have like all right i'm under attack now i'm here send the cops <laughs> yeah yeah You'll be able to track these cars or whatever, you know? That's true. And it would be pretty easy to track them because they're not <laughs> undercover cars. These are bright, coloured, loud machines. Yeah, with neon lights. But, you know, once they turn the neons off, you don't know where they go. So <laughs> yeah, who knows? You've got no idea. But yeah, that opening sequence is good fun. It is good. And then we cut to Paul Walker. He is going to Dom Toretto's cafe. No, it's Mia Toretto's cafe, isn't it? Mm. And Dom just kind of hangs out there. He orders a tuna sandwich with no crust. Classic quote from the film. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did respect him up to this point, but then he got no crust like a little baby. <laughs> who, get, who gets no crust sandwich? I, I, oh, I was against him from the start there. I was like, nah. I really hope that someone rocks up to just randomly beat the shit out of him <laughs> for buying his tuna sandwich. Also, if Paul Walker is uh, if Paul Walker's ordering... Uh, sandwiches with no crust, then explain his curly hair. So <laughs> uh, that's what my mum always told me. Curly hair comes from crust. Comes from crust. So. All right. Maybe maybe that's why he stopped because he was like, oh man, my hair's getting way too curly. I need to <laughs> stop way- the crust. <laughs> yeah. It's way too, it's way too curly. I, there's, I'm not leaving any women for anyone else. Actually, they should have been able to guess that he was a cop from the beginning because he's, like, ordering sandwiches with no crust. I, I feel like cops would order, like, narcs would order sandwiches without their crust on. It just feels like a narc thing to do. Do you know what I'm just thinking? And this could be, like, I'm actually, I feel like I'm going to write this down because yeah. I feel like this is such a big theory, actually. Yeah. Uh, you should record get it. The car, get the crust. Yeah, we should record this. <laughs> um, get the He gets the crusts are cut off because he doesn't want well he doesn't want to eat them first of all but he gets her to cut them off because he he knows that he won't eat them and if he leaves the crusts on the plate he could leave fingerprints for them to find out that he's actually a cop whoa smart i like it what i can't believe i just figured that out i'm gonna message 
um, someone, maybe Vin Diesel or something. <laughs> just message Vin Diesel. Hey, is this true? Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey I figured this out. I was just <laughs> chatting with my friends and I had this thought about crusts. <laughs> it didn't make any sense why Paul didn't get crusts. Yeah, but now it does. Yeah, man. Oh, write that down. Someone write that down. Uh, Paul Walker gets in a scrap with Vince because Vince has got the crush on Mia. Um, but Mia does not, uh, like Vince at all. Vince also says a very homophobic slur. Mm-hmm. Um, main part of this movie that doesn't really hold up was that. Uh, but they have a big old fight and then Dom comes in and breaks it up. Mm. Dom's, Dom's chilling back at the back of the shop, cracking a cold one. You know, mm-hmm. he's a real bloke. You, you can drink anything you want as long as it's Corona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It also has one of my favorite lines there, too. Where he goes, um, when Paul Walker's like beating Vince up, and then Vin Diesel's like, "What'd you put in that sandwich?" To me, <laughs> that's like one of my favourite lines. That is good. <laughs> that is good. He's good at delivering comedy, oh, Vin yeah. Diesel. Like people don't talk about that enough. He can deliver a punchline. It's good. Yeah, he he's the best. I feel when he's playing like a hard character. Yeah. That also just occasionally cracks jokes. Yeah. That's that's where he thrives. I think it's best in um Oh, what's the sci-fi one? Oh, uh Riddick? Yeah. Yeah, Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great in those ones. They are pretty good films actually. I don't mind them. And the one where he's like a he plays like a witcher. I can't remember what that movie's called. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, what is, um Oh my god, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Is it The Last Witch Hunter? The Last Witch Hunter, that's it. That's it. That's right. That was an okay film, actually. I've never heard of this, but it sounds great. Yeah, that was like after Fast 7, before he went back to Triple X. Oh, that's right. Because they were like, weren't sure if they were going to continue Fast and the Furious at that point, so he went back to Triple X. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a rough movie. <laughs> rough movie. So Paul Walker's like, I need to get Dom's respect, so I'm going to cheat in a race. And he gets some NOS. Now, Mitch, all the the races in this movie are one because the driver has this special thing in their car. Is it cheating if everyone has it? No, I don't think so. And I don't even think he yeah. was I don't even think he was cheating. I think he was just I think that they've all got it. Yeah. Um yeah. I guess it just matters how much you have in it or it's like that. And like when you use it, when you use it. Um, so that's, you know, that's up to you, but yeah, no, not cheating at all. It's, yeah. uh, you know, everyone's, if we're talking level playing field, it's just depending on your, how good your car's tuned up, I guess. Yeah, true. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And also how much you're willing to risk. Cause it's quite explosive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and unless you have your, your James Bond car with your laptop plugged in, you know, there's not a good way of uh, monitoring it. So you could just explode and die. Yeah. Do you know what I've, I've, one thing that I've learned from Fast and the Furious is that whenever your car is, um, malfunctioning and it's gonna yell like it's yelling at you that there's like serious engine issues like, yeah. and you have all these all these flammable things. Yep. What you should do is just shut your laptop and say, yes. Shut up! <laughs> you were gonna shut say up. That. Yeah. You just ignore the warning signs because mm-hmm. then it goes away. Yeah. If you it's that whole like um like if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you 
vibe that like you yeah. know people have on the back of their cars it's like that like you know it's like hide and seek if i can't see you you know you're no threat whatever i don't know yeah but uh, yeah uh you're not hide and seek what am i saying um i forget what i'm saying but yeah <laughs> just close the laptop if you can't see it there's no threat don't yeah. worry don't worry about it exactly the race that they get into is a lot of fun i like um oh i like how it starts as well we're introduced to hector uh, who says the line, I'm Hector. I've got a last name too, but I can't pronounce it. Which is... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, they have a race. Um, the CGI cars, Zach. Mm. As someone who didn't watch this when you were younger, like you're watching this for the first time now. What did you... Like, how did you feel about the visuals of these races? Oh, this was great. I loved it. I, I loved it. When the cars went to warp speed, when they hit around 100, <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is crazy. They're going so fast. Um, the, the fish-eyed lens as well. Yep. Oh, my God. And the motion blur as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I especially loved uh, uh, Paul Walker's uh, James Bond car where it had all these flips and switches and a laptop. Yes. yes. He, he used a laptop while driving Yeah, to monitor the NOS and everything. Well, because he's a cop, right? So he can't break the law because he's already a cop. <laughs> all right. Also, this predates, like, like, texting and driving, really. So, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's very modern. It is quite modern. Uh, it was all right. It was all right. I, was, <laughs> I could tell that this was definitely, like, a, a thing of its time, especially because the Speedos were getting around to, like, 160, 150, that was their, like, top speed, sort of, like, super fast. And, of course, we reviewed Driven earlier in the year, and that was terrible, so everything in comparison. It's true. <laughs> Racing-wise is good. You've seen Driven, right, Mitch? Yes, I have. Yeah, I have that. I have seen that. Uh, um, the only good thing that came out of that was that it made me get introduced to Estella Warren, the beautiful blonde girl in that movie. Oh, yes. Ah. That is the only redeeming feature of that truly horrendous film. <laughs> um, so bad. I think if, like, if you're talking about aging something, are you saying like the cars and things, nothing aged that movie quicker than when What's-His-Face was playing a PlayStation in the car. Oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> PlayStation probably won at that point. Maybe a PlayStation 2. Maybe. That's because he's he's training. He's simulating the race. He's getting ready for it in this very accurate simulator on the PlayStation 1. For memory, he fucks his car up real bad. In yeah, that. yeah, he crashes it. Like in the um the video game. Like the car like flips and he's like, oh, then it's like time to race. And then he's like, you know, you're not really uh, <laughs> setting up any kind of confidence no. here, my friend. <laughs> no, I was no. like going to say, why didn't he win that race? Why wasn't it like it showed victory and he's like, oh yeah, I'm ready now. No, it crashes and like does a flip. And I'm like, oh shit, this guy's going to die. <laughs> this is the foreshadowing or something. Worst case scenario sort of simulator. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, that's the... That's the worst way it can go. Yeah, that's what not to do, I guess. <laughs> Dom ends up winning the race, but cops come. Uh, and for some reason, Dom can't drive his car. Or did he park it or something? Parked it, yeah. Yeah, no, he arbitrarily parked it and then gets caught by the cops again. Yes. Um, and has to do a run for it. And then Paul rocks up to save him. Yeah, but they also do that whole, like, fake... 
the fake out thing with Toretto running up the alleyway where you think it's the cop coming. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's just the lights of the car. Because it's just the lights. And then as it gets, he's like, get it. Like, like does this like, oh, what a reveal of Paul Walker's good heart. What an absolute legend, yeah. And that's setting up just so much foreshadowing. I've seen some reviews on this movie. We didn't talk about the Rotten Tomato score, but it's got like a 54%. And Ooh, a lot of the reviews wow, at the time negative. were criticizing Paul Walker's acting. I think he does get better in later movies, but he's very likable in this film. And I think that just yeah. carries you through the whole time. He seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I quite liked him in this movie. I thought it was fun. I actually just think he just he just seems like a like an actual per- he just seems like he's actually just being himself to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like he's he's torn between being a cop, which is his job and everything, and he he he's now family, you know? And mm. their family. Mm-hmm. You got to protect family. Exactly. Family. Everybody's a family. Family, family. 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 Say it, say it more. So. <laughs> family. <laughs> family. Family, family. Family, family. Family, 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 family. You're going to like, uh, what's that? Uh, what's, oh my God. What's the thing? Uh, is it like Pavlov's dog? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where you say, where you say something or they do something so much that it just gets associated with it. When I, when I look at my family now, I'm going to think of you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to lose, you know, it's going to lose the meaning of the word. Yeah. It's going to be family. I'm going to say it too many times. Yeah, the meaning of family has gone, but in the recent movies, he's kind of changed it to La Familia. So he's brought it back. Mm. Now he's got to wear that out. Yeah, look, I I can't believe, and Zach, like, I'm sorry to have to say this to you, however... <laughs> I can't believe that a man that has spent, like I said before, with his friends that died, this guy has spent nine movies talking about the importance of family. And then nine in the ninth movie, we go, oh, yeah, by the way, he actually had a brother. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, J- John Cena plays his brother in the ah, ninth one. Ah, nice, nice. What? And they do, they do this horrible, um, at the start of the ninth one, so- from the first movie in Fast and Furious, when he's talking about why he went to juvie, he's like, oh, my dad, someone crashed into my dad and I beat them up. Like, you get to see that whole thing play out <laughs> in yeah. the ninth movie. Yeah. But with a guy that looks nothing like Vin Diesel <laughs> at 19. Yeah. <laughs> but also randomly just has a brother now. Yeah. Well, that's the whole reason he's so obsessed with family is because his brother uh, betrayed him or some shit. I don't know. But, like, (laughs) that's why he's he's so obsessed with family is because all he wanted was a good family, but his family would... uh, One, his dad is dead. R.I.P. Yeah. And, And two, his brother betrayed him or something, you know? Betrayed him. But now the, the brothers are part of the family now, though. Yeah. He be, like, he joins the family. Considering that Paul Walker's brothers, like, covered him, like, played him for the scenes they needed to shoot for Furious 7 after Paul Walker died. Mm. Yeah. Surely you would think, hey, if anyone needs a brother written into this, maybe <laughs> we should write his brother into oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should get the brother that looks like him and also acts. <laughs> <laughs> Do a little tribute. I was like, oh, nah, we should go back nine movies to a passing comment about why someone was in jail and we should add uh, a whole family from there. 
That's a shame because the writer that joined the Fast franchise with Tokyo Drift, I think, he stayed for all of it, but he left after eight. And you can tell because, like, nine, the writing in nine is, like, significantly worse. Mm. It's also, like, I know a lot of the movies, even Fast and the Fury, like, as in the first one. Yeah. A lot of them feel like sort of big scenes or sequences that are just kind of put together, but there is obviously this thing that is like an overarching thing that is happening, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But Fast 9, Fast 9 just felt like it was like, let's go to space. All right, let's go to a missile, like a missile station. Okay, let's go here. All right, now we're in London. Okay, we're back here again. Like, And <laughs> it's like, John Cena's in Russia. We should go to Russia. Yeah. And it's like, all right, uh, cool. People guys. like the Tokyo Drift guys would bring them back, I guess. What, what movie are we talking about again? I'm confused. <laughs> We're talking about Avengers Endgame. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. about Captain America Civil War when they had that fight at Ooh. the airport. Uh, <laughs> the fight at the airport. Yeah, when they went to space. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure what movie we're talking about anymore. We'll bring it back to the, the Fast and the Furious because I think um, Dom and Brian escape the cops, but then bikers with guns come in. It's Johnny and Lance Tran. They shoot up Paul Walker's car so much it explodes. Yep, R.A.P. car. Big old boom. And then Vin Diesel is like, you owe me a 10 second car. Because I think in the race, Brian put his car on the line. Yeah. And Dom won, so he now owns his car. Yes, but then the car blows up, so he's like, hey, you owe me a 10-second car. And that then turns into a line that continues throughout all of these movies. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. It also gives it also gives Paul or uh, Brian a chance to get in Dom's good graces. Yes. Gives him a chance to connect with Dom, who is, you know, uh, what he's doing there anyway. It's at this point when we realise that Brian is working for the cops as well. They bring him in and uh, they debrief. They mention that this gang that's going around stealing these DVD slash VHS players have stolen $6 million worth of those units, (laughs) which is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of DVD VHS players. It's a lot of units. They're expensive stuff back then. Premium. Yeah. $10 $10 each. Yeah, yeah. And with inflation, 30 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of crates that they stole from buses. Again, I don't know how the, the cops haven't just caught them attacking one of these freight things. Surely they could just, like, set up a bait one, like a fake one or something, and then try and catch them? I don't know. Well, the cops in this universe are pretty dumb in all of the films, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, in that chase when Brian picks up Dom... Dom, uh, Brian, like, literally just, like, drives between two of the cars to get away. Yeah. Like, the cops just pull up in, like, this weird position, and he just drives between both of them. <laughs> That's great. Mm. Uh, good times. Oh, we get the first Toretto family barbecue as well. For some reason, I thought that wasn't in this one. That started in four. But no, it's in this one. That iconic garage and the table outside. Such an iconic location. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I think it's like the whole the whole kind of like set and the whole kind of house and vibe is actually very well done for what I think someone like Toretto would have. And yeah, would, yeah, I, yeah, just think that's very good uh, um, production design or whatever. And I think this is when they start talking about the race wars, which I forgot was a part of this movie. I remember the first time I watched this, I was still quite young, but I remember they kept talking about, we've got to go to the race wars. And I remember going, hmm, 
that's what they decided to call it. <laughs> yeah, and considering that they are race warring against mainly Asian people, yeah, uh, like an Asian gang, it's not a great you like name use of the name. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Also, in LA, like it's in LA oh, to yeah. be talking about race wars in LA. Bit on the nose. I know it was you know ten years after the big riots or whatever, but no, nah, bit on the bit on the nose. Still, a little bit, bit uh, but yeah, bit on the nose. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. That was the one part that David yeah. Ayer added to the script was race wars. <laughs> yeah. He loves all that and Brighton stuff. He was like, I'll put this in this one as well. <laughs> But yeah, they go and check out the trans, their garage, right? And they see heaps of the DVD players. Well, Brian sees it and he's like, ah, it's Johnny Tran. He's the one selling these DVD players. My buddy Dom, he's off the hook. It's very. That was a very uh, hectic scene from memory is when they were attacking, uh, is it Ted? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ted, the uh, shop owner, where they're like attacking him and making him drink oil. I remember that very vividly. Oh yeah, yeah. The um the Asian gang comes in and they they like waterboard him with oil. Mm. Yeah, I just remember them like kicking him on the ground. I also remember them just like coming in with like girls that were just like there. Oh, and of I course. Just, it's remember it being like, <laughs> oh, do you just like bring like hot girls to like when you beat people up? Is that a oh, thing? Oh, look, this, this whole movie is just there's hot girls everywhere, <laughs> just constantly. Whenever there's there's guys on screen, there's got to be a hot girl on screen. Yeah, and some of them even get lines. It's good. Yeah. It's very progressive. <laughs> like Monica. Yeah, Monica. Yeah. No, Monica. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Was that Ja Rule? Ja Rule, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, Gerald, if you win, we'll bang. And then when when he loses, he's like, no, Monica, <laughs> no Monica. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was it's like, and if you if you win, you can have her too, or whatever. Yeah, like yeah you can have dude. me, but if if you win, you can have her too. Man, that is peak. <laughs> me thinking that's how girls work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got to get a car, and then I'll get two of them. This is the best film for a 12-year-old ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, Paul Walker goes and tells his bosses that uh, it's the trans that are doing all the heists. And so he goes and he bonds with Dom a bunch. We get that scene that you mentioned earlier where he talks about why he was in jail for a bit. And we also get the classic line, I live my life a quarter at a time. I I messed it up. I messed it up. So iconic. Yeah. So iconic. I live my life a quarter of the I messed it up is the best <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah. From I live the my life one mile at a time. Quarter pounder at a time. I think that's what... A <laughs> quarter pounder with cheese at a time. At a time. Mm. Talks about lunch and stuff. Uh, no, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, which is so iconic. So such an iconic line. Massively so. So then, uh, yeah, the trans are arrested. Johnny Tran is arrested we intercut between them getting arrested and Dom and Letty making out heavily to Heavy Rock. That was a weird choice on the editor's hmm. part to, like, intercut between that. Like, those two different sorts of action at the same time. It was quite interesting. Also, Johnny gets, like, spat on or slapped or something. Yeah, by his dad. Yeah. And it's just, like, yeah, stereotypical family here. But, uh, yeah, very, very emotional. 
Uh, but the cops don't find anything on them and realize that, yeah, they're not the people that they're after. They give Paul Walker a total of one and a half days to find out who is really behind it. What happens after one and a half days? Is he taken off the case and they put something else on? Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, I would I would assume so. Or maybe they just, I don't know, maybe they keep cut off his credit card or whatever. He's got to stop buying cars. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's it. Oh, yeah. He's probably spent like $10,000 on that one green car that got shut up. Oh, yeah. probably not very yeah. ha- they're probably yeah. not very happy about that. But then we cut to the race wars. <laughs> Mitch, tell us all about the race wars. <laughs> race wars... Um, so, uh, yeah, um, again, it's just such a bad name. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so there was riots so back in yeah. blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. Yeah. And yeah, and also the context of this, like if anyone clips it, where I'm just like, the race wars are sick. And <laughs> uh, I think they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're my favorite bit. Um, no, uh, the race wars are really cool. And there's like a whole scene where like, Michelle Rodriguez's character, like, races someone, but Jesse, from memory, Jesse erases Johnny Tran for pink slips after Johnny Tran and Dom have had a fight. Yeah. Because Johnny Tran said that Dom was a narc. Mm. Jesse loses his car to Johnny Tran. He bails and then everybody leaves to go and do a job. Yeah, except from the guy who lost the pink slips because he's panicking because he's like, oh, this is my dad's car. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, Jesse. So then they were one short. They were one short or whatever. for the- That's right. Yeah, they go off to do a heist. Yeah, but they're one short. That's that's right. Yes, that's right. And Mia's like, I've got a bad feeling about this one. Like, you're one short or whatever. Mm. Paul Walker Paul Walker tells Mia that he is a cop and that he needs her help. Otherwise, because the truckies are arming themselves or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Dom's going to get hurt. Dom's going to get hurt. You need yeah, to- Yeah, this was the part of the movie. And this is kind of, I guess my only real problem with this first Fast and Furious movie is it's very plot light for the first maybe hour and 15 minutes. Mm. And then it's incredibly plot heavy for like 10 minutes as they set up this final heist. Yeah, yeah. And it gets a bit overwhelming. You're like, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, a lot happens in like- because obviously you've got that whole the whole ch- uh, the whole heist scene, you know, from them from them leaving to like even like Paul Walker chasing them, the helicopter coming to get them after the like, not a lot happens in the start, but it's like over a great deal of time, and then heaps of things happen, and it's probably been like three hours of real time. Yeah, like and all these things are happening. But yeah, they do the job. It doesn't go very well because, as you mentioned, the truck driver has a shotgun and shoots at Vince, who's trying to get onto the truck. So he's kind of hanging off the side of the truck while his friends are trying to get him on there. Letty goes flying at one point. Her car goes absolutely flying. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, they're dead. Yeah. No, she never comes back. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone, yeah, if anyone goes and comes back, it's Letty. She dies in every movie and comes back, basically. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Even when she doesn't die, she's like, I don't I don't actually have, like, much memory. It's Michelle Rodriguez, though, so I'll give her a pass every time. She can, yeah, she's great. She can come in and go whenever she wants. She can do whatever she wants. I did, I did like the scene where Vin Diesel is, just, like, struggling to try and save Vince. It's a, it's a cool action scene where there's truck driver. We just see him reloading the shotgun to take more shots at them. 
And then, of course, uh, Paul comes in. Just when everyone else has left Dom, he's there to take up the slack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have some cool jumping to and from cars, which is pretty good. Which looks really solid. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure how they filmed it, but it looks it looks real. It's, it's very impressive. What I always remembered, and it sticks with me so much, is after they get uh, What's-His-Face off um, the truck... The way that Paul Walker's car like slides off the road with Paul Walker hanging on to the back, yeah, mm. that like that scene is always just in my head. Like, tw- like th- for some reason, just the way it like slides off and then Paul just looks so cool. I was like, man, that'd be so cool to slide off the road like that. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, yeah, that'd be so cool. They save Vince. They get the heck out of there. Mm. And Brian and Dom, yeah, they reunite in the backyard. They yell at each other. They've got guns. And then Jesse shows up and is like, hey, stop fighting. I need to die now. This is my death scene. You guys need to stop fighting. I'm about to get shot by the Asian gangster. They're like, what? Don't do that. Don't get shot by the... Oh, my God, he's shot. Oh, my God. We can reconcile our differences. My favorite thing in any Fast and Furious movie like of all nine include or ten, including Hobbs and Shaw, yeah. is the second uh, in this movie where somehow Vin Diesel and Paul Walker suddenly have supersonic hearing and can <laughs> hear the motorbikes coming <laughs> from like streets away, and they're like, "Jessica, down!" And then it does this like slow, yeah. like you can't even see the bikes. Yeah, no, they're like. You can hear them in the distance. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's so good. It's it's good stuff. It's pure Fast and Furious vibe. R.I.P. Jesse. um, But don't worry, he wasn't really part of the family. Otherwise, they would have referenced him later on in the movies. (laughs) Yeah. So no one gives a shit about him. They keep calling him that ADHD guy in all the other movies. It's honestly just respectful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's um, the actor that played him is like hardcore trying to hold on to it on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Like doing lots of like Fast and the Furious like uh, themed stuff and like answering lots of questions about being in Fast and Furious. Like, I mean, as a Fast and Furious nerd, I'm like, cool. But also at the same time, I'm like, oh man, like, (laughs) yeah, let, let it go a little bit. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, he's not really in anything after this. I, like, he had a small run in Supernatural, I think. But that's oh. really the only big thing that he did afterwards. But yeah, they go and chase down the bikers that killed Jesse. Yeah. Dom takes his dad's car as well. Oh, he does. Which he's, he, he, he hadn't done since his dad died. Brian is one of the sharpest shooters with a tiny pistol <laughs> at the side <laughs> of a car. I love that. I loved how Dom is like knocking the bikers around with his car, pushing <laughs> yeah. them down hills. Yeah. And Brian's just shooting them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, yeah. don't you know, there's a good reason that he's the best shot in the world with a tiny ass pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a cop. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Therefore, you can take down any vehicle with any weapon. If Vin Diesel didn't know that already he would have figured it out as soon as he saw that oh absolutely he was like hey have yeah. you seen that guy's aim with a tiny pistol that took down a bike that's a cop for sure yeah it's pretty it's pretty impressive almost like he's had years of training with it hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they defeat the gangsters but then they decide to do a drag race <laughs> they're like there's a railway track right there 
Let's do a drag race. As brothers, for the final time, we'll drive into the sunset doing drag races. Yep, there'll be zero movies after this one. So this is the last time we'll ever ride cars together. As we all know, Vin Diesel never shows up in the second film in a franchise that he's a part of. So he's not coming back. Correct. They're not doing another one. Mm -hmm. And so they do a drag race and there's lots of cgi entering the engines and seeing all the stuff and it's all well, i did i did like when they did that that bit was kind of cool it was cool it was, was a cool, cool C- that was the best cgi in the movie when they went into the engines it just looked kind of cool yeah i think um from memory because they um like spec got that made okay like before the f- the movie was even or not greenlit but like before it was even casted and that's what got I can't remember if it was Paul Walker or Vin Diesel over the line. Like, they literally showed them that and were like, this is how it's going to start. Because it was in the start of the movie, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is how it's going to start, which they really liked. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it looks good. It still holds up. And this is a solid drag race as well. I like how we we cut between them racing and also the train's POV, because a train's going to be crossing. Yeah. And we go to the train and we cut between them. That must be such a stereotype now, because I've seen that in so many other movies as well, where a train yeah. is coming and they're driving and they're like, oh, we have to beat the train. It just reminds me of The Fugitive, like the Harrison Ford mm. movie. Mm. Yes. Where he's like, train is the enemy coming for you. But my, my favorite bit about this is they actually manage to beat the train and they like smash through the barriers and then the train flies behind them and they're like, oh man, that was sick. We're brothers now. That was all. And then a car appears. Oh, a truck appears. And then <laughs> truck. Yeah. Vin Diesel just slams into it. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, he gets absolutely totaled. It's amazing that he doesn't limp out of that car. Yeah, they have the cutest little look too where they're just like, we did it. Like, we're friends, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, just a truck out of nowhere. Boom. Done. But then Brian's like, well, you see, we just proved that my car right here that I did the drag race with is a 10-second car. Because I just did the 10-second thing. Mm. So I'm going to give you my car. Whoa. And I'm going to take the blame for this terrible drag race where we broke so many laws. (laughs) I'm going to take the blame for that. Yeah. That's right. Not only is the family debt paid... But Brian uh, walks away towards the cops that are coming, and he looks at the camera? Well, uh, Sandro, it's dramatic. Oh, right. That's why. That's why he does that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the movie ends. I remember the first time I watched this, I didn't feel like the movie ended, because they they don't wrap up a lot of what Mm. happens. No, I really do think they thought that Vin was going to come back for a second one. Yeah. Like, it was so open-ended. You must have thought that we were going to get more than just this one. Like, if that had been a standalone movie and they hadn't made any more, (laughs) you'd be so furious. Yeah, you would be. Fast and furious. You would be like, that movie was so fast and I am furious. I'm furious. (laughs) I'm so upset. Yeah. Well, then it's probably succeeded then, I'd say, if it did that. But yeah, that is the Fast and the Furious right there. I'll go to you, Zach, first. What do you think in terms of rating this? Is this an oldie or a goodie? I think this this one, at least, at least out of all of them, is probably a goodie. 
I think it's it's very based in the roots of the whole, like, this is a street racing thing, but they also have this side thing that hopefully won't get expanded on where they're doing these heists and other things. You know, <laughs> yeah, I really I really hope they don't focus on that bit in the next uh, hundred movies they make. But, um, yeah, like, the sort of street racing, the whole, like, thing where it's, like, this guy who's a, a tough guy, but he's actually, he's all about family. Yeah. It's, there's, a, there's a reason they made like 1200 million more of these movies is because this one this is a pretty good movie this is pretty pretty fun time i like it a goodie from zach i'm definitely guessing a goodie from you mitch yeah man it's a goodie um it's it's a goodie i i am very happy to hear that as zach who is someone that has just watched it for the first time that it is a goodie to you like i like yeah yeah Mm. i like that it has held up um obviously things like CGI that sort of stuff obviously doesn't and like the the badness of the homophobic slurs that obviously doesn't hold up but that, yeah. overall overall it's a goodie and it's good fun yeah it's definitely a relic of its time oh it's very 2001 yeah it had the rap music sort of thing situation like the whole feel of it is the 2000s sort of thing this is where they were at, you know, and racing, that was that was it for them, you know. This is the peak. Yeah. We're at the top of our game here, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because, like, 5, 6, six and 7 in particular, which I would maybe say are the best one. I'm not sure, but I Ooh. like that trilogy a lot. Those three, yeah. I feel like, are going to hold up so well for decades to come because they're very crisp and shiny and they're exactly what you want in like a crowd-pleasing blockbuster movie. Whereas this one feels of its time, which in some ways makes it better. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how I got it, you know. I actually enjoyed this more because it was more like a relic of its time, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think five and seven especially, like, because five is... Like, the whole Brazil stuff is amazing. And then Seven, obviously, is just a you know, good story. And then that was obviously Walker's last one. Yeah. I think that's those two definitely going to always be, you know, rewatchable and, and we'll get a lot of fans over the line, like, with the CGI. But, yeah, Fast and the Fury, like, the first one, it's just, yeah, it is that nostalgia. Like, even, like, we've said, like, it's the rap music. It's the guy playing a PlayStation. It's, you know... The flip phones, all that sort of sort of thing. Yeah, fish-eyed lens, warp speed yeah. that the cars go into, going over a hundred. All that stuff. I laughed every time that happened. It was great. <laughs> it is good. All right, yeah, I will give this a solid goodie as well. Giving it three goodies to the Fast and the Furious. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. G'day, Kegel here from Aussie Rap Duro, Kegel and Greg. I write funny songs with my true blue bestie Greg, who sounds a lot like Sandra from the podcast you're listening to right now. Coincidence? I think so. This episode of Aldi by the Goody is brought to you by a debut album, Keep 'em Wondering, which is out right now. 
Here's a sneak preview of one of the songs. The dynamic duo from the suburb at Seaston. And to our day one fans, this is for you, that's why we're singing. Good day, good day, tell me how you, how you going today? Good day, good day, tell me how you, how you going today? Good day. Oh my goodness, that sounded so good. I'm going to have to go listen to Keep Em Wondering by Kegel and Greg on my favorite music streaming platform right now. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Bye. Now, it is time for... Raving Reviews. It's the part of the show where I go to the best place to get reviews Rotten Tomatoes. And I get them from the best people. That is to say, not the critics. Yeah, because the critic score is 54, but audiences 74. Real solid yeah, yeah, rating. Exactly. That's because the audience is family. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the way this works is I'm going to tell you a review left by someone, and you've got to guess whether uh, they rated it between 0.5 and 5. And I wrote one of these reviews. So keep that in mind, because there'll be a bonus point at the end if you can guess which one I wrote. So, Mario says, Cargo Brum Brum, me likey. Oh. Yep. Mm. <laughs> That's a pretty straightforward review. Very simple. Very simple from Mario. So it's out of five, did you say? Sorry? Yeah, it's out of five. So you got 0.5 to five. I think he went, th- I think he gave it a four. Four. I think he gave it a four. Four, four. Okay. Well, we're doing closest wins, right? So yes, yes. Hmm. I'm gonna go five because I because because it's the internet. Everyone, you know, extremes is what they love. Well, as we just said, it's closest wins, and Mitch will win this one because it's a three point five. Oh, so very close, Mitch. Well done. Well I'll done. Take that. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron says the only good movie in this franchise. Whoa. Um. Oh, that's confusing. Sandra, do you want to go first? Yeah. All right. Uh. The only good film in this franchise. I don't know. Maybe like a three. Okay. Because if this is your favorite one, you probably don't like. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say three because that's not really too positive. I'm actually going to say 4.5. Okay. Wow, that's bold. That's bold. Why is that? Uh, I just feel like it it says that this is the only good movie, which means that I would say that they enjoyed it. It's it's shitting on the rest of them, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. I think that this could reflect a good score for this one. Well, you're absolutely correct, because it's a 4.5. Oh, my you're God. You're on the ball. Get Woo. out. What? That's crazy. That's 2-0 to Mitch. Whew. It feels good in my heart. Steven says, the worst of the nine Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies because of the terrible car chases. Wow. 35 explanation marks. Accidents included. Two exclamation marks. That doesn't, like, I don't understand that. Because if you don't like the car chases in this, why do you think two is better? Because two's the same. I, 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 yeah. Look, you have to take this up with Steven, man. <laughs> I just bring you the reviews. I'm going to say uh, 1.5. Yeah, if they're saying this is the worst one, I will go with a 1. Oh, well, Sandro is the closest this time because it's a 0.5. Oh, 0.5. They hated this one. Yeah, ouch. They hated it well and truly. We have uh, Victor 
who says, Watching this movie made me feel sick. It's overly boring and the characters don't show much emotion. It kind of feels plotless all over the place. Just skip it. Well, that is one rude review. Would you do 0.5 twice in a row? You would, but I'm going to go one. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two. Okay. Ah, well, you both get the point this time because it's 1.5. Oh, right in the middle. Oh, wowzers. Well done. All right, we've got quickly two more to go, so I'll just bang through them. We've got Matthew, who says, You'd think making a movie about fast cars featuring handsome men and beautiful women would be easy. <laughs> and it is! <laughs> Which is why this movie is such a dismal failure. Aww. This film is devoid of wit, charm, drama, suspense, and in fact, any characteristics that would make it at the least bit watchable. An wow. absolute car crash of a movie. Wow. Yeah, that is, that's a lot. I'm going to say 1.5 again. 1.5, wow. 1.5. Yeah, because I feel they went crazy, but maybe that's like, I feel like that's more what you're doing, Zach, is that you're... (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting in theatrics to try and uh, trick you into rating it lower. Yeah, the other one, the other one you were just kind of like, oh, this... This movie sucks. That would that would be a cunning and <laughs> conniving thing to do. I would never think of doing such things. Sandro, what do you think? Uh, if this is a legit review, uh-huh. if this is a legit review... Oh, it sounded legit to me. This person hates this movie so much, I can't see them not giving it 0.5. Uh, well, you're right, Sandro. They gave it 0.5. Hey. Oh, I'm tying it up. We're on 3.8. Oh, it's tying, and we're on the last question. Oh. But there is the bonus one. This is by Jacob, and he says, This is a message for the critics. You have bad taste in movies. Wow. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say five. That doesn't say anything about the quality of the movie aside from that it's good. Yeah. So I'm going to say 3.5. Not overwhelmingly positive, but positive enough. Well, I hate to say this, but Mitch, you got it right. It's five yes. out of five. Oh. Mitch pulling the head there with four points. All right, we're going to guess which one Zach is. I think it's the first one. I'm going to say the first one. You think it was Mario? With cargo brom brom me likey. I think that's you. Part of me is trying to what's that being you. I don't know I'm why. I'm insulted a little bit, but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what do you think, Mitch? Yeah, look, I am actually gonna agree with you. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! When you, it, it was, it was all to do with you again, though, Zach. Like you put so much effort into that cargo brom brom. <laughs> That I was like, that's a man who is saying his own words there. Mm, yeah. mm, the, the words from the man's mouth. Well, I can't I can't say you're wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> you guys are right. That is my, my excellent review. You're a man of simple tastes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And words. Yeah. <laughs> Cargo brum brum, me like. And do you know what do you know what review stuck out the most for me? It was that one. So yeah. ah, there you go. And you <laughs> did it. I am a professional, after all. <laughs> uh, well, there we go, Mitch. Turns out you did have the NOS in your tank, because you won that race <laughs> uh, with five points against my four, which means you, of course, win the honour of plugging your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you so much. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I am so happy. Um, <laughs> all of the... 
all of the comedy festivals are done for me for the year, so um, uh, don't don't come. Um, <laughs> don't go to those because they're not on. Don't uh, there's there is none of them, um, <laughs> and I've also taken a hiatus from my podcast. So um, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just at I'm just doing comedy and and acting stuff and. I'm back at uni now, so oh, nice. I'm just an absolute. I'm a swamped boy, so I put my podcast on hiatus for a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. But it'll probably be back uh, in probably soon, to be honest. In the probably in the the finan- end of the financial year. What is, what is it called for people who can just want to go listen to the old ones? Yeah, yeah. It's called Dead Dad Society. Dead Dad Society. Dead Dad Society. I'll put a link to that in the episode description. Thank you, guys. That would be awesome. It's like a therapy group in the form of a podcast where I just talk to people about their craziest moments. It's it's good fun. But uh, yeah, having a little hiatus from that, it was taking a lot out of me. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely understand that. But yes, you can check out the back catalogue uh, on all the podcast catches link in the episode description and also all your socials where you're doing stuff and things yes please yeah so i'm just at mitch garling on instagram and uh facebook and tiktok and all that all that jazz that comedians need to be comedians these days yes uh and yeah that's where i am chucking up chucking up stand-up clips every now and then and yeah just you know general stuff mainly just foods that i've eaten that i like love that uh but Overall, uh, yeah, chuck us a follow if you if you liked it. I'll, I'm happy to talk to anyone about Fast and the Furious. That's been uh, evidenced by the last hour and a half of me <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. constantly. You've got proof. We've got proof right now. Maybe we'll get you on to do the sequels. We'll see. We'll see one day. Oh, please. I would love. That is the question, Zach. Are you going to keep watching these? Uh, I might. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. That voice went so high again. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I don't believe Zach. I don't want to make promises, you know. <laughs> I don't want to have opinions on this show, you know. Yeah, no, true. I don't Love want to it. put myself out there. Um, we are on all the socials as well at Oldie Buddy Goodie Pod on Instagram, Facebook, all the stuffs and things. We've got personals as well. Links in the episode description, as well as the link to patreon.com forward slash Oldie Buddy Goodie Pod. If you want to uh, chuck in a couple dollars, you can get the ad free feed of the show. You can also get some bonus content. We're doing Nicolas Cage, Mitch, for, for the next three months, Ooh. all of his wildest performances. Wow. Mm. Have you done Gone in 60 Seconds yet? We haven't, actually. That's not on the list, but I might have to add it. Please do. What a cast. But we'll wrap it up now, Zach. You've got to pick next week's episode. All right. What are are my options? You've got a bunch here. Your first option is uh, a Steven Spielberg movie called AI, Artificial Intelligence, about an Android (laughs) kid who is programmed with the ability to feel emotions. Okay. Yes, I've seen AI, not since it came out, but yes, I have. That is... The one where uh, the kid from The Sixth Sense is a AI robot. Did you like it when it came out? Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what everyone says. Um, <laughs> uh, you've got Baby Boy, uh, which stars future Fast and Furious star and Morbius star as well, Tyrese Gibson. Oh. Uh, he, is a, he is a bicycle mechanic who grows up in LA. Snoop Dogg's in it. They're learning lessons together. Uh, yeah, baby boy. Eh, okay. Uh, you've got crazy beautiful. Two people are in love, but the love is holding them back from success. It's Kirsten Dunst, right? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, The Crimson Rivers, psychological thriller about investigating some murders in an isolated university. Yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. Murders, All right. murders. Starting um, to get a bit better. You've got, help, I'm a fish. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's an animated movie about three kids who are turned into fish. Wait, the name of the film is Help, I'm a Fish? It's translated from Danish, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's just... That's great. Wait, so it's a... What, what was that one again, sorry? They, uh, three kids turn into fish. They gotta stop an evil fish that's voiced by Snape, uh, who wants to take over the ocean. Ah! Oh, Snape fish. Yeah. Down for Snape fish. And your final option is a Chris Rock film called Pootie Tang. Oh. Uh, it's a parody of black exploitation films from the 70s. Oh, that, that's better than I thought it was. Uh, mm. it's, it, it's a comedy from 2001, though, so you can probably guess what. Oh, yeah, no. I'm gonna will... pass on any comedy comedy film ever from 2000 now. <laughs> we're done with comedy films. <laughs> yeah, They've yeah. Comedy, uh, we're only doing serious films now. Like, help, I'm a fish. Right. That sounds great. We haven't done an animated film in a while. Yeah, not in a little bit. Right? Uh, we, we could use a bit of a break, a bit of a refresher. Yeah, we've only been doing blockbusters for the last month. Yeah, yeah. Ignore these big blockbusters. Let's do a fun little, little kids animated film. That sounds like it'll be a fun time. Next week, Help, I'm a Fish. I might have seen this. The idea sounds familiar. I'm not sure, though. I'll check it out later. Uh, Next week, Help, I'm a Fish. We'll wrap it up with the best quote from The Fast and the Furious. Do you have a favorite quote from the movie, Mitch? Uh, My favorite quote from the movie uh, is probably either uh, No One Likes to Tuna Here (laughs) (laughs) or I Never Knocked on Nobody, uh, like when Vin Diesel and Johnny Chan have a fight. But also, I really do like that whole scene with Johnny Tran where he, like, that whole before the fight where he's like, SWAT came into my house, disrespected me, blah, blah, that whole thing. I like that. Mm. Um, but overall, uh, it's probably the tuna line. The tuna line is a good line. Yeah. Nobody likes the tuna here. <laughs> I quite like one where they, they go into a garage, they see a car without any engines and someone, I can't remember which character it is. It might be Letty, actually. But someone's like, no engines? What are they planning on racing with? Hopes and dreams? Yeah. <laughs> I quite like that line. It's just, mm. it just comes out of nowhere. And <laughs> you're like, huh? Yeah, Letty's dropping sass. Well, you know my favourite one. It's got to be the most iconic line from the movie. Oh, yeah? Uh, one that uh, dictates kind of the rest of the movies themselves, I think. One that's kind of a... Uh, Prolific, I would say. Okay, okay. You can have any beer you want as long as it's Corona. (laughs) Not sponsored, not sponsored. (laughs) Hashtag not sponsored by the beer. The virus, though, we're sponsored by. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.